Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampkin. And my guest today is a commercial banker. She's the vice president of commercial lending. And she also is the author of the book, 52 Weeks to Fall in Love with Your Money. Miss April Fort Kelly, thank you for joining me. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, I, we we actually, I came across your profile from a mutual, well, she's actually your cousin and we had a <laughs> podcast uh Kanisha. Is that how you pronounce it? I say Kanisha. I think y'all say Kanesha. I think, you know, like she gets fancy. She's a doctor now. You know, like when you're a doctor, you get to say it fancy. It depends on how you know her. If you know her as as your home girl, you probably call her Kanisha. If you if you know her as uh, or your family member or whatever you want to call it. But if you know her as a doctor, you probably say Kanesha because you know it gets all fancy. Kanesha. Oh, okay. We'll, we'll, we'll save the bougie stuff for another day. <laughs> <laughs> So let's let's talk about um, how did you get started in your career as a um, commercial banker? Actually, I was a, I was an underwriter, and I went to Southern Methodist University. I went to SMU, and a whole lot of kids like didn't want jobs, and like I've never even been around this kind of money before in my life because I'm from the hood. Like I'm from the hood, hood. Right? <laughs> Kanisha comes from the the bougie side of the family. I'm from the hood. Her mom was actually a banker. And um, I remember going to SMU, walking around looking lost, and it was a job fair. And you know, like I didn't have nobody else to talk to anyway, so I was like walking over there. I was like, "Hey, what's up?" And the lady was like, uh, saying that it was a mortgage company, and they made a bunch of money. And I said, "How much is a bunch of money?" She said, "We make like twenty-four thousand dollars a year." Like I thought that was the bombs. So I was like, <laughs> twenty-four thousand. I'm buying a Lexus, two grand a month. <laughs> you finna pay me? And so um, I did a bunch of interviews and let me just pre say that I am a finance major, finance and accounting major. So I do hold both degrees in finance and accounting. So I um, got the job and I was doing like cold calling. They had me calling California and Florida. And so, you know, I've always wanted to be an actress. So let me tell you, why it was so funny because I would call and change my voice. Like if somebody answered the phone Hispanic, you know, I'm Puerto Rican and, and black. So if somebody answered the phone Hispanic, I was like, hola, como estas? Oh, bien, bien. Let me tell you about our programs. And I would talk like this. So that way she would know that like I had some type of Spanish in me. And if it was a <laughs> sister, I'd be like, hi girl, hi. Yeah, hi girl. Let me, girl, let me help you. Let me, let me. <laughs> Like I became everybody's cousin, and if it was, you know, somebody uh, non non colored, I would say, "Hey, hi, hi, my name is April. How are you? Yeah, is that a dog? Oh my god, I love puppies. What kind of puppy you have?" And I I was like nailing the deals, and they had me literally calling out of a phone book. So I was calling people in California and Florida. So I was having those two, you know, all those diversity in the background. And whatever the person on the other line was, that's what I was too. So I was like looking up interesting facts about <laughs> different cultures and stuff. It was like so much fun. And um, my first year, you know, they paid me the 24000 which is the base. I ended up making like 70 something thousand dollars. Here I am, 19 years old, wow. making 70 grand. And what they paid commission to or something? Yeah, because you got the commission. It was like a loan officer job. And so all that, all that being fake paid off, huh? paid off big time and so I'm like yo like let me do this but then I started making too much money so they moved me over to sales they were like we want you to teach them what you know so I started doing the sales training yeah it was really funny I started doing the sales training um and then I had a homeboy uh who is actually my mentor his name is Obadiah Bowles I met up with Obadiah and I told him that 
I was like, hey, I want to do, I, I want to do what you do because he's he was a real estate broker, and I was like, I want to I want to learn how to sell properties because I know y'all make money, and I was a little bit into grad school. I got pregnant with my son, and I was wanting to go to law school. Got pregnant with my son. And I said, Obi, I need a way to make money and take care of this kid. And so he let me do the sales, like the showings. He was a, he's a really mean old guy. So I would do all his showings for him and got a real estate <laughs> license. And so I would be the face for him. And he'd be like, leave, that, leave, leave the baby here and go out there and show the houses. You know, so he really uh, supported me and taught me the real estate side of it. Um, but I was still working at the other place too. So I was doing both. And because uh, in Texas, you can't hold both licenses as long as you disclose. And so I left, uh, ended up leaving Syntex and going to Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo offered me a job as an underwriter. I became uh, a mortgage underwriter, doing mortgage underwriting, uh, went for mortgage underwriting. I said, I mean, I mean, mortgage processing. I was a processor. Then I became an underwriter because they knew I understood the numbers. I would underwrite the deal before the underwriter got to it. Um, because I wanted to learn how to understand it all. Like I wanted to be what, if she making the money, I needed to know how she was making the money. I wanted what she had because underwriters was made, you know, they make a lot of money back then. That was a lot of money, sixty, $70,000 straight. So I was like, I need to make what she's making. Um, went through, you know, Wells Fargo. Uh, and then they had a position open in Birmingham, came to Birmingham, did loss mitigation underwriting. And then Regions Bank, out of all banks, Regions called me, I didn't apply. They called me and said, hey, we heard good things about you. We want you to come work for us. And they made me a commercial underwriter, which was kind of unheard because a lot of the commercial underwriters aren't uh, African-American. Most of them are white people. And, uh, you know, because the commercial world is not known to us as much. You know, we don't do as much in the commercial world. One um, percent of commercial bankers are black. And or minority, yeah, minority. I shouldn't say just black, but they are minority, one percent. And so I go to regions. I become a commercial underwriter, and this world is so freaking interesting to me because I'm using my finance degree, I'm using my accounting degree, all in one. And I'm looking at credit. I'm looking at lines of credit, stuff I've never even heard of. Like, look, my mom used to literally go in J.C. Penney's and apply for a card to get the thirteen or fifteen percent off, twenty percent off, whatever they are offering if you apply for the card. <laughs> And I've never seen her get the card. And so I was like, I never even knew that people actually got a card. So the funny part, when I first applied for a Target card, Target was my first credit card. I applied for the Target card. I go in and the lady was like, approved. I was like, what I do now? <laughs> and the lady was like, you can use it. I was like, right now? And she was like, yeah. I was like, so I can just. So I can just walk out of here if I sign my name. You know, like I didn't understand what was going on. I didn't know the next step. So anyway, that's where I got to commercial lending. Um, left there, um, applied for a banker position, became a uh, banker, and just the rest is history. So I just, that's how I got to where I'm at. What, is, what exactly is commercial banking? Commercial banking is what some people call business banking. We handle the largest credits in the bank. Uh, right now, I do up to about $34 million. Um, in a transaction, I can go up to 34 million per transaction. We do, uh, when people buy buildings, uh, investment properties, anything like that, that's commercial. Anything business related, if you put in the LLC, it's commercial. Okay, okay. So what is the big difference between personal credit and com like 
commercial credit, I guess that's the term. Or business credit. credit. You hear people business say credit. business yeah. credit all the time, but there's no such thing as business credit. That is the like the worst thing I hear. And it usually comes from our community. Like that is like the worst thing I hear because there's really no, there's no like credit. Is nobody tracking that. There's no credit repository that's going out pulling um, a score or anything. Like there's no risk factors that are assessed with business credit. What happens is if you have trade lines with other people, if you're a good accountant, you can read the way it's paid through the financials and then you can understand if they are paying the other creditors in a proper way because you can like trace the numbers back. Um, and some people may call that business credit. Personal credit is your social security number um, that's traced through the credit bureaus, whether you're using your Vantage score or using your FICO score, um, Experian, TransUnion, Equifax, they are tracking you and they know everything you do financially through your social security number and they're trying to make sure you're paying folks. So any trade lines that you have, you know, they're tracking it. So how do you, how do people establish, what's it, could you say business credit is not, what's the correct term? Uh, business, there's no such thing as business credit. Now, what you do is that you keep a good balance sheet and you keep a, your P&L straight. If you keep a good balance sheet, we can tell if you're able to borrow money because we're looking at cash flow and leverage. Business business lending is based off the five C's of credit. It's not based off a score. It's not based off a report. It's based off your five C's. Well, I guess a report could be your balance sheet could be calculated as a report if you wanted to, but it's no thing that we're pulling like a credit report that's telling us anything. Um, what we do have is that we're looking for the five C's of credit, the five. I just want to show my nails because I like my nails. Um, the five C's of credit. We're looking at cash flow. Mm. We're looking at um, conditions. We're looking for the collateral. We're looking at your personal care credit or guarantor strengths. We say personal credit because it makes it makes a C. <laughs> and we're also <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, we're we're looking for those things: cash flow, credit, collect. Um, if you hadn't asked me, I could tell you all five C's. Oh, character. We're looking for the guarantor's character. Character is the fifth one. Cash flow, so character, co conditions, collateral, and uh, capacity. Those are the five C's of credit. Yay! I passed. I passed that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so your personal your personal credit is a factor or is not a your, factor? Your personal credit is a factor. There's no such thing as business credit. So personal credit is a factor because if you're not gonna pay for your own house, you're not gonna pay us for for a building <laughs> that you're trying to buy. If you're not gonna sit there and pay your mortgage when you lay your head, guess what you're not gonna pay for? <laughs> guess what's not gonna happen when 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 the cold, when the rainy day comes? Guess what's not gonna be paid for? So let me ask you, um, in your experience, mm -hmm. do you think it's tough for minorities to establish that other line of credit? I think it's tough because a lot of minorities, as minorities, we don't understand the game. We don't understand. Can you elaborate on Yeah, we don't understand how credit works. Or not credit. So you got me saying credit. We don't understand how commercial lending works. And so when you don't understand how commercial lending works, it's really hard for you to play the game. It's kind of like if I didn't really understand basketball, but I go out there and I'm just thinking I'm just supposed to shoot it all the time, right? Nobody told me about dribbling. Nobody told me about fouls. Nobody told me that there was out of bounds. Nobody told me, you know, none of this other stuff, goaltending. Nobody told me none of this stuff, but I'm still out there trying to play. You see what I'm saying? So minorities have it hard because, yeah, you might go down there and shoot every now and then 
and it go in the goal and like you may you know some people get that you know or you may just be tall and can slam dunk that doesn't mean you have defense that doesn't mean you have good offense that doesn't mean that you know that you're not creating other offenses that you don't know so i say that in the highest regard because we just we're 400 years behind everybody else you see what i'm saying and so these are the rules they made up so they know how to play the game lamp if you make up a game and you know how to play it but if you if i make up the game you don't know how to play the game and so now somebody has to teach you the game so that's why commercial lending is so important to me because i closed over 150 million last year for minorities wow people that, people so that you they, they, so you actually people. teaching the game coach i'm trying <laughs> to man i'm trying to what are, what are some of the things you put in place to help so i teach a lot of classes um and i really try to you know people call me all day long especially the the new investors people that are trying to invest now and uh you know they, they get a you know we get a lot of people who are trying to call me you know to call me i walk them through it I talk them through it. I tell them where they're bleeding. I look at a lot of financials. The, the great thing about me is that I'm an accountant first. You see what I'm saying? And I understand numbers. And so a lot of people call me, they'll send me their financials and I can tell them where they're bleeding. I put packages together for people all the time. So I try to offer my services. One thing I have that my goal is, is to put a, a commercial lending um, school into a HBCU or something like that. That would be the goal. That would be the goal that I would want. I've talked to a couple of schools about a banking program so we can teach this to our other young accountants because for one reason, they're not making no money. You got a lot of people out here that are making $40,000, $50,000. They got an accounting degree. They have finance degrees because they're working in an accounting firm that ain't really paying them nothing because accounting firms are always top heavy. If you're not a partner, you're not really making no money, right? But then on the flip side of that, they can come become a banker base salary is a hundred grand on the commercial side. When you was talking about, you, you was talking about your mom earlier. Mm -hmm. um, My boo. What age, what age would you say you became more financially responsible? Um, shoot, a couple of years ago. <laughs> I don't know. The re no, the reason. Let me tell you why I ask because you know, being in that field, I think most people were going to look at you and say, "Well, she's got to have her finances straight." I mean, man, I'm gonna tell you what happened. Real talk, and this would be a story I should be ashamed of, but I'm I'm not even ashamed of it. So I ain't never, I had never even really looked at my credit, but like <laughs> I was 27. I had met the guy that I married. I had moved down, I had moved to Birmingham where he was in my car. I had my Honda. My dad had helped me get my Honda. My Honda was just, you know, it was just the Honda. I had always had Hondas, didn't think nothing of it because I have five brothers. So anything ever happened in my car, my brothers always took care of it. My dad was always there. My mom is even like, Oh, that's that's your transmission. My mama get out there because <laughs> my mom is like wonderful. And she she'll cook and then go fix your car. You'd be like, where the hell she get that from? So I guess with eleven of us, you know, you just learn stuff, right? So oh, God. yeah, it's eleven yeah. of us. And so and you have to understand everybody's older than me too. So they stuff I was going through, my family, they've already been through it. So you know, it's like my brother's like, Hey, yo, it's just your Cadillac converter. Let me go down there and pick up one. <laughs> Take it to Uncle So-and-so. She'll put it on. You know, I never had no issues like that, right? And so moving down 
moving to Birmingham from Dallas um, and then in the city, you know, everything's convenient in the city. You know, if somebody's going to be open, somebody's going to be doing something in the city. So moving into a, like a smaller uh, community, a smaller town or city or whatever you want to call it. Um, I remember coming here and my car went down and I was like, man, I've got to get a, another car. My car was sounding horrible. And they said my electrical system had went out in my Honda and they was like, man, you might as well buy another one because it, it'll cost you more to fix it than the car was even worth, right? Yeah. I had like a 2001 Honda Accord. <laughs> I thought it was the bomb though. Like I thought it was everything. And so I was like, all right, cool. And we go to get it, you'll go up there to buy a car. And the guy was like, well, you don't really have that kind of credit. And I'm like, look, dude, look, look, like, look, look listen, Linda, I judge credit all day. <laughs> I judge people <laughs> for their stuff literally all day like I look at this all day and he was like well you should have been looking at your own (laughs) it was like low-key embarrassing but it was also like well damn let me look at my stuff so I'm like calling my mom like yo you know my credit ain't what I thought it was you know she was like what you got on credit I was like nothing like I ain't had no credit cards I didn't have no nothing didn't really have anything uh and no credit okay. is worse than bad credit right yeah and so yeah. and then i had like a light bill from college that i ain't paid so they was looking at me like <laughs> i'm a total bomb and i didn't even know i had this light bill it was like you owe you owe alabama power 80 dollars. i could have been paid them the 80 dollars, and i was like yo come on not alabama power reliant energy i don't know where i got alabama power from you owe reliant energy 80 dollars, and i'm like yo i didn't even know i owed them 80 dollars. i didn't know i promised And so I started like, you know, trying to fix my own stuff because now I know all these financial principles because I have a degree in finance, which doesn't teach you anything about your personal finance. Let me just let that know, be known. But I've been working at the bank so long that I'm hearing things that they're saying. I'm going, you know, hearing all these different things. So start pulling in all this stuff. And so I started getting, but then I messed up because now I'm getting too many credit cards. Like I'm getting credit cards out the wazoo. I'm like getting credit cards for everything. I mean, I'm just balling now. Like, I got everybody's credit card. I'm like, everybody who sent me a letter, I'm like, yeah, bring it on. Bring it on. Chase, I got you. Come on. American Express, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I need that. I need that. That's that's the ball of credit cards. So you're bringing all these cards in and you're trying to, um, you know, make yourself something you're not because the guy I married had like perfect credit you know and he was like he was kind of joning me for a minute he was like oh oh so you work at the bank oh oh so you judging folks by their credit you know and I'm like yo <laughs> chill out you know what I'm saying like <laughs> like you ain't gotta do me like that and so but I'm real about it because I know there's a lot of people out there who are cash-based people their parents have told them don't get in debt their parents have told them I know my dad used to always say people who have uh, have credit don't have cash. Those broke folks, broke <laughs> folks have credit. So I just never thought about it. Never, never. It just was never on my mind. And so, but we don't teach, our, our community doesn't teach that, right? We don't really yeah. teach that we're supposed to have these things. And we don't teach that these things like really exist. And so now we have a situation in our community where, you know, we glorify people with money with rubber bands around it. We don't say about our bank accounts. We're talking about who I who I miss the rubber band man. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so kids think they're supposed to have this cash rolled up in their in their pockets. One of my little nephews, it was hilarious. For graduation, they had they wanted the bands of money, but they were taking oh, yeah. money out the middle and putting ones in, and they were keeping the outside hundred dollar bills. Like, people like big, big money. <laughs> like wow, that's crazy. And so, but I say all that because. I didn't really understand credit. I didn't understand it for real. I knew how to judge it. I didn't understand it on a personal level. Again, I am a commercial banker. I'm looking at credit for a different reason than what you would look at your personal credit for. On the commercial side, when we're looking for credit, we're just looking to make sure who you owe, um, that you're not behind on a bunch of stuff. And we're trying to tell the story of your credit. You know, like, oh, she got a divorce. That's why that's like that. Okay, we can mitigate this. We're looking for the risk of you not paying us, not so much as how you paid others. We're assessing risk. What is the likelihood this person will not pay us back? Yeah. Let's talk about your book for a second. Um, okay. 52 Weeks to Fall in Love with Your Money. Yep. When, when did you, when, when inspired you to write the book? My mom used to ask me for money all the time. <laughs> so rather than so rather than my ass for saying it out loud. <laughs> I just had I had just had my baby, my last baby. And um my biological mom, God rest her soul, she was sick. And she used to call me all the time about money. And so I was telling her I was gonna find her uh, a rich husband. And I was like, well, you, you need to learn how to fall in love with your money because, child, you're spending money. And so we would, like, joke around about different things. And so it just made me, like, one night I was like, I'm going to write this book. And I'm going to write a book about dating money. So the chapters in 52 weeks are like, who going to check me, boo? You know, mm -hmm. that's your nosy neighbor. And that your credit report is like the nosy neighbor that's looking at everybody you bring in and out your house. You don't want no name out here in the credit streets. You know, like it, it breaks it down really fun. It's really an easy read for, you know, and if you're a younger person, it can be really funny. It talks about going on financial speed dates with a broker to see who's your, you know, or financial advisor. Um, it talks about um, wearing your big credit draws when you're getting ready, you know, put your big girl draws on and, you know, when you're getting ready to go out there and buy a house, those are the big draws of credit. You know, it just kind of breaks it down in a fun way. So, because talking about money is already intimidating, right? Especially for our community, because we don't want nobody to know about our money. We don't want nobody to know what kind of money we got. You just know we got a Cadillac. Don't ask me about the note. I ain't asked you to pay it. And I don't need you in my business. You just know that this Louis bag is real. Okay. But you don't know that they was eating hot dogs for the last two weeks because they bought that Louis bag, right? So, yeah, so those are kind of some of the things that 52 Weeks talks about. It's just, it's like a journal. You walk, you walk, it's like little places you can write in the book. Um, we talk about um, the different types of investments, um, but it's really related back in, into, into dating. So. You had this really interesting post. Ironically, I was on your um, page this morning because I was like, okay, let me kind of get ready for the podcast. And then... I stumbled upon this pound cake versus box cake post that you <laughs> that you posted. So I wanted you to talk a little bit more about that. So we have a thing called a financial threesome. And I talk about a financial threesome. Again, I relate 
money to sex and and dating. I am different. Uh, I'm the hood version of Susie Orman. And so uh, <laughs> I'm the hood rat Susie Orman. But anyway, um, we talk about the financial threesome. You have to learn how to get in the bed, baby. You got to learn how to get in bed with your dollars. You got to learn how to get in the bed with that credit. You got to get in the bed with both of them. And you don't want to end up being the side chick. So what the post was about this morning was um, actually uh, the pound cake, your grandma's pound cake. Because we all know that grandma's pound cake be the bomb. When you go to grandma's house, right? Sometimes, you know, grandma just can cook. I don't care who grandma did. Well, not the new grandmas, because everybody grandma 30 now. But back in the day, <laughs> you know, when your grandma was old and wore support hose, you know, now grandma's out here with their back out. <laughs> you be like, my grandma had my bra shirt and some tights, some biker tights. But back in the day when your grandma, like probably our grandmas, um, people born in the 80s, uh, you know, they, they still had support holes and bad wigs, you know. Now grandma got lace fronts and shit. You just never know. I mean, stuff, sorry. Um, nah, you good. But, it's a dog podcast. You good. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, grandma got on, you know, support holes and, you know, lace fronts now. But um, but grandma can cook, right? So grandma know how to cook. And so the pound cake represents somebody with really good credit, right? It's like the 870. It's that good. It's that rich credit. It's that, it's that I'm walking in the store, say something to me. I dare you kind of credit. It's the pull it <laughs> off the lot credit. You know, when you walk up to the car dealership and you like, I want that one, call me when it's ready type, you know, type stuff versus somebody that's going over to the tow note and you know that's like the box cake by the side chick. you know the side chick is out here making box cakes for you and she don't really know how to cook she can't get you right you know she just she just out here for a good time and you can still get where you're going with the side chick right you can still get where you're going but is do you really want to get that way with the um you know, with the higher interest rate, because side chick comes with a lot. You got to do a lot of line. You got to do a lot of pay, a lot of extra money to kind of a side chick. You got to just make sure you're ready for that type of, you know, enjoyment in your life. So that's where yeah. that came from. That was a very, very interesting analogy. I read it. I was like, huh. I wouldn't have came up with this theory, but yeah. But it did works. it make sense? It made a whole lot of sense. That's why I talked about it. <laughs> If it didn't make sense, trust me, we wouldn't have brought it up on this podcast. I'd have left it right where it was at in cyberspace. Just leave it there. Yeah, like a lot of people, like I, some people on Facebook, some I probably have a bigger audience on Facebook, and people on Facebook was like, "Oh my God, that make that's so that's so true." And then somebody's like, "What if I'm an auntie uh, pound cake?" And I'm like, "Well, you just got a little, <laughs> you got to tweak the ingredients, you know, because aunties, you know, aunties be trying." But they don't never taste like grandma because you gotta tweak it. You know, you gotta you gotta tweak that ingredients. So, you know, we were talking about that. You already know black folks gotta be butter for everything. So. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. You know, people are like, you know, I need to get my ingredients together. You know, black folks don't let you live. But you know, they love it though. Like I talk crazy like that. We talked about having the talk uh with my son, and everybody thought I was talking about sex, and I was like, you know what? Can't leave home with bad credit. Can't leave home without it, you know? <laughs> you know, strap it up. You got to, I got to keep you strapped up, you know, and strapped up just means keeping him financially aware and keeping him ready for whatever. Because, you know, some, you know, he get out here in this world, he ready to buy a house, he needs to be ready. He needs to keep his credit strapped up. And so um, just things like that. Um, I try to make it fun, make people laugh. And they're like, oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense, you know? Do you think it? Do do you think like being so 
the, the, the analogies and stuff you use because you said you equate money to like sex and Dating. romance so do you think that actually makes it more relatable because i actually do i can make it more relatable oh yeah oh yeah people come up to me you know some people don't know my name they call me banker bay so much it's so funny because i'll hear people saying banker bay i'm like are they talking to me you know that that banker bay thing came from me <laughs> rapping i used to rap in the break room at my job oh lord i used to don't rap in the break room i literally used to tell people their mamas didn't wear drawers like, yo, mama don't wear no draws. <laughs> I seen her when she took them off. So, look, I done had, had real rappers on this podcast. You I'm just telling I'm you, I'll tell no, I really do. I can flow, I cannot sing, but I used to think I was going to be the Spanish chick on every song, like Domaroto Mi Papi on every song. Like, you know, like I thought I was going to be like, like I was before my time, though. I was before my time, like. I used to go to freestyle battles in college and stuff. I really did. I really thought I could rap. So when I so you feel I, like Cardi B owe you something. I feel like she should pay homage. You know what I'm saying? I feel like she should just like be like, you know what? If April would I April rapped in the break room so I could rap on the TV. If April wasn't in the break room, I wouldn't be on the TV right now. You know, I feel like Cardi owed me something. Well, look, you 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 let you let her continue to talk about her WAP. And you focus on fixing these folks' credit and helping us get loans. Let's let's keep that going. I had a thing that <laughs> Only nobody else talking about WAP. <laughs> so. No, I had a WAP with approved credit. Yes, you can become <laughs> an investor if you got that WAP approved credit. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, we talked about that on Facebook the other day. I was like, you know what, y'all keep talking about this WAP with approved credit. Y'all can come in here and we can make y'all an investor and buy the block. So, you know. <laughs> That's what a WAP means for me with approved credit. So do you have any more um, books coming out, any future projects? Yeah, so I have two more projects for the series. Um, So I'm going to try to shift it after, which is funny, one of my books will shift. Um, After um, the dating series, so we're going to keep talking about dating relationships and relating it that way. We'll find another way to do it the next time. Um, But my, I have a program coming out called The Shift, which we September 19th, uh, September 19th, we're going to do The Shift, and The Shift is going to be so dope. We talked about shifting the mindset um, and how, um, I don't want to give away too many secrets, but it's definitely discovering your financial love language and how do you determine who you are financially, because that's the base of it, right? Because a lot of times in our community, we don't get to the base of it, right? We'd be like, grandma leg got cut off, and you'd be like, Oh, her leg get cut off. Oh, she had sugar. But nobody ever said that grandma was sitting up drinking Pepsi all day, eating chips and yeah. pork rinds and stuff like that. <laughs> nobody talks about, you know, but then they'd be right at grandma's house ready for her to cook some dressing and stuff, you know? So we don't address symptoms a lot. So uh, discovering your financial love language in the shift, because we're shifting our mindsets, right? We're shifting that mindset from broke to balling. Um, that's on September 19th. I'm very excited. It's going to be online. It's going to be virtual. So that's really cool. We have two more books coming out. Bad, Bougie, But Not Broke is coming out. <laughs> also, we have Recovering from Financial Heartbreak because I didn't told you how to make the money and everything. But that's if you ain't got nothing to, to go back on. But if you didn't, you're covering and you have been through divorce, you done been through job loss and all this stuff, you're going to have to go into recovery mode. So we all know what that's like after a bad breakup. So you know, our money has broke our hearts. And now we like, yo, what happened? Where are you going? Come home, please, baby, baby, please. You know, we're going to be the, this is the R&B <laughs> section of my, uh, of my series. Uh, 
recovering from financial heartbreak. So the first chapter is damn. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm gonna make sure I pick a copy up of this. Yeah, it's it's pretty dope. I wanna I, I wanna take this time to thank you because it's been very interesting to have this money conversation. I never had one like this before. So it's been an honor and a pleasure to have it with you. Oh, well, thank you. You know, if you ever want to reach out to me or find me, you can always find me on Instagram at I am Banker Bay, or you could go to bankerbay.com. Those emails come to me too. Um, and you can always find like some really good tools. You can find out what I'm doing, all that kind of good stuff. When I keep it updated, I'm going to try to do better about it because 2020 has been a hell of a year. And so, <laughs> <laughs> but I've been helping a lot of people. We also have, we also have our own credit restoration um, software that's coming out. It's going to be black owned because a lot of those companies aren't black owned and we want to support black businesses and we want to help our black people. We want to put more people in houses. We want to put more people in position in 2021. It's supposed to be like our year, like God done cleaned all this shit up. Like all this, all this stuff is cleaned up now. So now it's time for us to go out here and reap the benefits and be, you know, be blessed and balling and ready to buy best ball yeah. blessed balling and ready to buy you know what i'm saying like, that should be a book right write that down um but we definitely want to do that as well and so we want to make sure that we are um putting those things out there as well like i said on the website you can find things that help you clear up debt if you want to pay extra payments it's going to help you calculate these things it's going to help you with your debt snowball that snowball is very important. I know Dave Ramsey, all those talk about it. You got to see it the Banker Bay way. You know what I'm saying? I take it to a whole different level. It's kind of like when you're tired of being a hoe. When you're tired of being a hoe, you got to get rid of all your different chicks. So it tells you how to break up with all these chicks. And um, yeah. <laughs> oh, make sure you spell the Banker Bay because some people may not spell it right. So Banker Bay, B-A-N-K-E-R. B-A-E, the B-A-E stands for Beautiful and Educated. Ah. You got an acronym for everything, huh? You know what, you know, because, you know, I didn't want people to think I'm, you know, think I'm fine or nothing. Then they'd be like, she ain't nobody, you know, I don't, I don't need, I don't need nobody's smart mouth. So I just need to make sure they understood. I know, I know <laughs> that I got a little good, but you know what I'm saying? But God ain't let me down yet. You know, a little cushion for the cushion. You know what I'm saying? All that. So, yeah. <laughs> well again i want to thank you for doing this i truly appreciate your knowledge and um, your expertise in the financial field it's been it's been greatly appreciated already anytime anytime you need me i'm here for you let me know what i, I can do for you i appreciate it um again thank you for everyone who continues to listen and support the podcast i truly appreciate it and you can follow me on instagram conversations underscore with underscore length. Thank you all again. Have a great day.